Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman, and we're at the Super Superdome in New Orleans where the Eagles just got shellacked by the Saints. Good word. 48-7 to to fall to 4-6. and six. They're still alive in terms of the NFC East. Yeah. I don't think people want to hear about that right now. Let's focus again. Let's just focus on the carnage. This was uh, this was a bad loss, Zach. Yeah, and and I disagree. They they should hear about the NFC East because the season's not over. What stood out to me though, and, and and you hit it on the head, is that it's not the loss itself because no one expected the Eagles to come down, or few expected the Eagles to come there down. There are a few guys win. who predicted the Eagles loss. Uh, it's more the way they played. They were comp- they were not competitive with with New Orleans. They were uninspired. And for all the talk throughout the week about the team needing to show a sense of urgency, turning the leaf, this was the worst game they played this season. It was the worst loss they've had since I started covering the team in 2012. And it's hard to watch this team and think that they can turn it around. Really worse than the uh, loss to a, a pretty bad Lions team in 2006, uh, 2015? Yes. Because coming off the Super Bowl and, and all that, yes, and, uh, all and the expectations of this season. Yeah, I think this is a better team, number one. Uh, now, they're playing against a better team, but they they only scored seven points. I mean, they were not competitive in this game at any point. This is the largest uh, losing margin for a team coming off a Super Bowl victory in hi- the history. Yeah, worst loss the Eagles have had since 2005, coming off the last Super Bowl appearance. Um. Uh, where do we start? I mean, like, I, I just real quick, I agree with you, too. I want to throw this in there. They didn't belong in this field. Mm-hmm. Uh, offense, defense, special teams, they didn't belong on this field. And I really want to point to a bunch of plays that, to me, really are indications of how bad things have gotten in terms of the coaching staff. Um, three penalties on kickoffs. One, I know you think I'm starting in a weird area. Yeah, but I'm curious to see where you're going. I like this. You're fired one, up right now. Like one it. was an offsides to start the second half on a kickoff by Trey Sullivan. How is that possible? They got rid of the running starts. Yeah, Trey. Special teams have been tough. That's with Trey just this terrible year. coaching. They had to burn a timeout because they had only ten guys on the field. Nelson Aguilar ran off. They had some confusion about how to get the play in and stuff like. That. I, I, I get that. That happened. Yeah, it sounded like from from Doug there was some things with their empty package that. There were some moving parts there. Doug took responsibility in terms of communicating with the position. I don't coaches. know. I wonder what's going but on still. with Gunter uh, Brewer. Um, he has not done a good job this year. I mean, that you know, uh, you, you talk about Mike Rowe and, and Doug's decision to promote him. What about Gunter Brewer and hiring him? Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, third and three. Mm-hmm. Eagles. I've cut the lead to 17-7. to The defense went three and out. This is their opportunity. They have now moved into Saints territory. And Doug has Carson, you know, I guess I can't technically call it a deep drop because it's a shot, shotgun, a three-step drop from a shotgun. But, again, I don't think you're putting your quarterback in a winning position there. No, and that gets was – gets sacked. I thought that was a turning point in the game because at that point it was 17-7. Defense had just forced a three and out. Um, so defense did their job there. And the Eagles had a chance uh, to make it a one-possession game. It was four-down territory. So what you do there is even if you don't convert on, on third down, you have a shot, a fourth down to extend your drive. The one thing you can't have is a 10-yard loss. They had a 10-yard loss, punted it away. New Orleans scored touchdowns, I believe, on the next five drives. I, I, you know, that's coaching. Uh, again, that comes down to Doug. First quarter, 
Again, they can't score any points. First drive, three and out, six times in ten games. What was Doug's? Ex- I wasn't in there on Doug. I was in the locker room. What was Doug's explanation for the slow starts again? Just said out of sync. He was kind of going through the plays, telling you what the plays were. Um, First, it was a run. It was a run left off tackle. Josh Adams, who was pretty much the only bright spot of the game for the Eagles, got dropped at the line of scrimmage. Maybe it was one yard loss. Then Carson had a pass to, I guess it was Alshon, and defender made a nice play on it. I get it, but and the third down, you throw a screen. This is the second week in a row that they've had third down screens. For, you know, over nine yards, they're expecting these guys to pick up. I, I don't get it. Yeah, and they were close there. And actually, I was curious if they should have gone for the fourth. I don't care one. if they're close. Like I, I'm sick yeah. of hearing how close they are. I'm, sick, I'm you know, so, what I'm saying sure. So, so this is something Doug was was asked after after the game about opportunities to go for fourth downs in the first half that he he turned down, and he said he thought about it, but he wanted to play the field position game there. I disagree. This is a chance where you're aggressive. Actually, Doug Peterson wrote in his book, if you remember the Super Bowl, he said they decided they, they weren't going to punt the ball that game. They were going to go for fourth downs. They were going to be, or, or that they needed that, that they needed points to, to match up with the Patriots. They knew that coming in. You needed points to match up we with the asked Saints. Them the, we asked them the, that question, everybody. We asked yeah. everybody that question. Yeah. Everybody knew it. I didn't understand playing conservatively. Now, I know the fourth and one that that the twenty four yard line that's a debatable. Well, you know he did play conservative, conservatively late in the third quarter when they're down thirty one points. He punted yep. in, in a similar circumstance. That was him throwing in the towel. Yeah, yeah. Doug has done a horrible job this year. Terrible job. If he wasn't, if he didn't win a Super Bowl, I would think that seriously. I would say that his 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 job was on the line. But he did win a Super Bowl. But he did win a Super Bowl. But um, and you, you you know that's a hypothetical. But How about Carson today. Carson didn't play well. No. Three interceptions, first time since the Bengals game two years ago. We said on the podcast um, on Friday when we were kind of previewing the game that the only way to win this game is Carson needed to match up with, with Drew Brees. Drew Brees looked head and shoulders above Carson Wentz. And it wasn't that this, this Saints defense you know, can't be picked apart. It was Carson did not play well. Uh, the interception he underthrew in the, in the double coverage, said they made a play on the ball, said he didn't see number 23. Still, he t- he turned the ball over there. You got to see. Um, he just he didn't make enough winning plays. Now my question to you is is he is he just getting frustrated and he's just trying to win it on his own and he's kind of getting out of his game now because of that. I think that's a part of it. He said he didn't force anything, um, but if if you saw the TV copy, which we saw some highlights of it, uh, Carson was clearly frustrated on the sideline through his helmet, showing emotion that he he hasn't shown in the past. Um, and after the game. He kept saying the right things, but uh, he's he's not playing well enough. The Eagles need Carson Wentz to carry them the wins. What gives them a chance in games like this is having the franchise quarterback. But they're not losing. Because they're not losing. The problem is not Carson Wentz. No, but they scored only seven points. When you're the quarterback, you're you know, and your Abs- offense scores only seven I, absolutely. points. Absolutely, Carson Wentz is part of the problem. Yeah. Now all of a sudden he's part of the problem because there's <laughs> there's just a mountain of of other issues that are that are plaguing this team. And again, it starts at the top and it works its way down. And I think Carson is still far down on that list. But when you lose forty-eight to seven, I mean, everybody's involved. There isn't a person that you can't blame for this fiasco. Um, defensively, I get it. Drew Brees is really good. You got Michael Thomas. You got Alvin Kamara. You got Mark Ingram. You have tons of weapons, and they're playing at home on the fast track here at the Superdome. But they offered up a little resistance for one of the first plays from scrimmage. Teams are doing this now with Jalen Mills not out, out there. They're attacking those gaps, those edge gaps, because the cornerbacks have responsibility there. And, you know, 
Russell Douglas hasn't shown ability to stop those on the ground. And I guess Sidney Jones, mm-hmm. they knew they could probably could pick on him there, one of those guys, because it was Sidney who, who missed the That was Sidney on there. that play there, yeah. And actually, both of them left the game. I mean, I, I think the injuries in the secondary. Well, we'll talk about the injuries. But, uh, you know, I think that's definitely a factor here. Uh, but still, this, this defense was not getting pressure on Drew Brees. Um, the, the, the coverage wasn't strong enough. I mean, third down, you know, they had a player early in the game, what, third and nine, when Nigel Bradham was Got too was deep. He was behind the sticks. For, for 10 yards. Well, he wasn't beat. Like, I guess he was playing his own. He dropped way behind the sticks. They dump it off to Michael Thomas, and he's got a whole bunch of yards after the catch. That's a ch- that's a chance to uh, that's to, inexcusable to, to, to get. Bradham has played like crap all season. He, it's not just that he's not playing. It's not just that he's making bad plays. He's just not doing anything. Do you want to give a snippet of a, of what you wrote in your column? Uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess people can read it on Philly.com. I mean, I kind of wanted to gauge the locker room. I always okay. like to occasionally do that after devastating losses like this, just to see how they're going to react. I mean, they got six games left, as you mentioned. They still have a chance to win the NFC East. It's still there for them mm-hmm. on the table, believe it or not. I want to see if this team has it in them. And, I mean, I, I can't make any um, broad statement about, you know, what I think is going to happen based upon that. But, you know, you walk into the locker room there and it's split in half. There's offense on the left and defense on the right. I walked in the defense because I wanted to talk to some of the defenders first. And I was the first guy in there. I may have been the only guy in there. Maybe me and a couple other guys. And Bradham's like said, uh, you don't want to come on this side. Go to the other side. Now, I don't know if he was kind of saying, okay, you know, the offense should be answering for the for the carnage as if they had more to do with it, or, you know, that room is smaller than the other side. Maybe he just didn't want people in there because it was so tight. I would have loved to have asked him, but, of course, he slipped out <laughs> like he's been doing all season, and I didn't have an opportunity to ask him. Uh, I mean, I've been wondering throughout the year if this defense was just going to start to get frustrated at, at the offense because – I've been hard on the offense all season long. I've been saying they're the problem. I agree with you. They're and, more the problem. And and tonight, they opened the game with a three and out. Next drive, three and out. Next drive, interception. How to get any type of momentum for this defense? 21 first like quarter that. points. Now, I, I can't let the defense off the hook. No turnovers again. Okay? Uh, not enough pressure. Giving up touchdowns when they needed to hold in the field goals. But still, they just, they just were not good. They enough. only forced them to punt once in the first three quarters, I think. Yeah, that, yeah that, that, that three and out that I talked That's not about. good enough. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. Now, I mean, that was, you know, again, a crucial kind of turnover um, when they had a punt there after they had stopped them three and out and gotten the ball back. And they did manage to put that one drive together. They cut it to 17 to 7. You get the ball back. You get, into, you get into Saints territory. You have an opportunity here. You know, at least to get three points, 17-10 doesn't sound so bad. If you, if you, let's say you take that into the half. Um, but again, like we've seen all year, just situationally, they've been terrible. I agree, and and there's there's no excuse for it. Uh, in, in fact, the thing that stood out to me is in the locker room, there were no reasons. Like like there was there was no one standing there explaining what happened in the locker. Well, yeah, there was exactly. Just a lot of a lot of empty phrases. Some of the guys were accountable. I, I mean, I, I give Zach Ertz credit. Like Zach Ertz explained, Lane Johnson. Like, there's there's no evidence. For reasons to believe in us, right? Wayne Johnson, Chris Long, yeah, um, Camu Bruja Hill. Um, I mean, Carson Wentz has to talk. Mm-hmm. Stefan Wisniewski. Not much. Not many guys after aside from that. No, and it, uh, Fletcher Cox walked out quickly. Malcolm Jenkins, you know, did his paid interview with a local station, and a few talked reporters a few were able reading. to grab him. But apparently, all his responses are terse. Now, look, and, I give, I'll say this about Malcolm. I'll give, I give Malcolm a pass. This is a guy that stands by his locker all the time, answers every question, win or loss. Um, no, and, but, and coming back here 
a, a team that had let him walk. I'm sure he was very, de- very distraught after the loss. Yeah, I actually, I, I read a lot into Malcolm not talking because Malcolm intentionally stands there after games, takes every question, knows kind of the, the, the role that he has in that. For him to leave the locker room early and then the people who he talked to to give a real quick, you know, you, you know terse answers, that shows that he is, he's reaching a boiling point, in my opinion. I didn't talk to Malcolm, so I can't say that. But well, who's he reaching the, a boiling point with? With just how the season's going right okay, now. Okay, okay. Well, but I wonder if there's more to that. Maybe so. Uh, we'll find I, out. I would love to. T- and and I, I feel pretty confident that we'll be able to talk to Malcolm. Before. No, he'll, he'll stand up. Uh, but, you know. but it, it And look, it I, I'm not, I hate to make a big deal of that, but to me what it does, it's not really the fact that they didn't say anything. It's that fact that they didn't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to defend this um, or just say that, okay, yeah, we still have – so much left. We still can get put this together, etc. And I get that guys are upset. I don't mean I, I don't expect the guys to to want to have to always talk to me after games, especially it's, devastating. It's part of their job. Like, it's part of their job. I, I get it, but like I'm not. I don't make a big deal about it. But when so many leaders, yeah, I, Jason Peters, he doesn't always talk. But after losses, a lot of times he does. I'm not. I'm not making a big deal because they blew us off. That that does. It's it's yeah, more. Care. It's more what it means. What it means for the team. Exactly. And exactly. That was my whole point. And really, I wonder what it means for Doug. I mean, it's, it's Doug. Doug has got to keep this locker room together. And we saw two years ago, after that Bengals loss, he kind of questioned the commitment of some of the, the, the guys. And some of the players were upset about it, and they talked about it with him at the leadership council. And then the following week, they really they battled to the end against the Ravens. And then you saw them win those last two games. And Doug looks back upon that moment and feels like that kind of was a springboard to 2017 and the success that they had there. Yeah, Doug said. But Doug is Doug is. This is different. Yeah, and Doug said he saw the effort tonight. I don't know. I, I, there wasn't I, I anything that really stood out to me. Where like I didn't see someone chasing after someone. I got to watch the film. To, to at first glance, there wasn't anything that really stood out. Um, but to me, I'm just you know we'll talk more about the X's and O's um, when we look at the film. But with Doug, his messaging to me has just been clumsy all year mm-hmm. he keeps saying the same stuff it's almost like look i don't expect him to call out players publicly um and i'm not sure right now with all the injuries you can call them out in terms of changing the lineup but it's like he just he feels like he can't do that anymore with guys it's like i'm gonna his one thing was like i walked around the each guy after the locker room and said keep your head up i mean these are, these guys are professionals exactly. i don't know they don't i mean just like you know treat them like men and you know what tell them when they make a mistake I think they've been too soft on these guys this year. That's what I feel like. I I think you got to put the pressure on. He needs to change the message, and he should have yeah. done it a little while ago, early in the season, when he realized that this wasn't last year's team. Mm-hmm. This is a totally different team, and he needed to come in with a different kind of message. And I don't think Doug has had that. I agree with you there. No, no, I don't think that's his, Doug's biggest problem. Isn't that this year? I think his biggest problem, uh, among many of them, has just been the game plans and the game pl- and the and the play yeah. calling. Yeah, I, and and that's what jumps out because. I am I'm, I'm the one, and, and I've been saying this, that it's all about the NFC East. It's about beating Washington twice. Really, these next three games will, will tell you their season. Um, so it's still in front of them. But it's just the way they're playing. What confidence are they giving you that they can go on a three-game run here or even more win, what, five of, of their remaining uh, seven games? Or, yeah, so, so that's what's jumping out to me. I was wrong. I thought that you know, with their backs up against the wall, they'd come here and show something. They would, they would battle them. They would, they would stay within fighting uh, five distance. five of their next six games, I meant. Yeah, yeah I, well, anyway, I thought they'd stay within fighting distance in the second half, and then, of course, the firepower would yeah. eventually get to them, and they would, would relent. They were not in this game 
for except maybe a brief moment when they had the ball seventeen to seven mm-hmm. in Saints territory. But other than that, they would they were going to lose anyway. Um, anything else stand out to you? Yeah, we should just mention quickly that this secondary is in bad shape. They came into the game in bad shape, missing three of their top four guys. Avante Maddox goes out with what looks like a serious knee injury. ACL is my guess. Um, then they lose both. Yeah, he, he was wearing a brace afterwards, the type of brace that you see after a guy um, does something to one of his ligaments. Yeah, they declared him out right away. So that yeah. uh, Rasul was kind of walking around. Didn't seem like his was as devastating. Uh, Jordan Hicks did talk, apparently was available to talk after the game. I think he was getting treatment, but he left and didn't return. And then Sidney Jones, his hamstring keeps coming up. This is, I mean, you know, the injuries are an issue. And my point is, like, if Doug's going to use injuries as, as an excuse like he did after the game, and that's fine because I think it does factor into the problems that the team has had all year. But one, they've been, they haven't been great all season, so don't start with the injuries, okay? You know, they haven't had injuries throughout the entire season. And two, if it is injuries, then you need to really seriously look at why you guys are getting so injured and why a lot of them are soft tissue injuries. I agree. And also – Howie and Joe need to uh, – and when I say Howie and Joe, Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas, uh, they need to be held accountable for going out and trading for a 30-year-old wide receiver there and not up – now, I, I know Darby was healthy at the time, but we talked about the secondary, and we, and we talked about how they could use a body there. And their division rival traded a fourth-round pick for a safety. Eagles traded a third-round pick for a 30-year-old wide receiver. And – how much is Golden Tate giving them right now? No. He ended up being the leading receiver in the team, but that's not really saying much. There so, was nothing. I mean, there really wasn't any moment where we were like, oh, oh, my God, they finally figured out a way to get Golden Tate going. Yeah. I mean, they had one trick play that was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, he got tackled in the backfield. I mean, that's the best you came up with? Yeah. That's the best you came up with. You've had three weeks to get Golden Tate involved. That is the best you came up with. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, it's Doug. It, that's on Doug. Um, and, and uh, you know, it is fair to say that, you know, maybe Howie just should have kind of, look, I understand you want to get something going. And I guess as, as a fan, you probably credit him for, for being willing to make that kind of move. And we saw him successfully pull that off the year before with Jay Ajayi. But we, we all brought this up at the time. At the time. Third round draft pick for eight-game rental. Potential eight-game rental. At a position that I frankly didn't think that they needed – I thought they needed a wide receiver, but I didn't think they needed him. I think they needed a guy to stretch the defense. Yeah, and it's and it kind of ties into everything together, which is I'm not sure that the Eagles, whether it's the coaching staff or the front office, really had an accurate gauge on this team this season. Might have overrated some of the players that they had, some of the players they had coming back, and maybe overrated how 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 good they are. Now, again, we'll see if they can rebound here, but I think that there was a misevaluation in terms of what this roster could do this year. Yeah, I mean, look, we're not going to look be much yeah. beyond uh, this game or the next few games, but big picture will obviously attack and the, it. And the Saints were clearly a better team. Like, it wasn't close. Yeah, this team, will, this team will potentially be playing for the Super yeah. Bowl. All right, well, that's it here from the Super, Superdome where the Eagles fell to the Saints 48-7. to uh, Another devastating loss for the Eagles, uh, but this one more has, has more to do with not being able to compete uh, at a certain level. Uh, that's, that's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McClain. Thanks for listening to the Bird's Eye View podcast.